We're live. Welcome back to World Strongest Opinions, episode 55 with Inez Carrasquillo, who we haven't had on since episode 10. It has been an entire year. Entire year has gone by since we've had you on, Nez. Welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you. No, it's great to be back. I can't believe it's been a year. Right? It just yeah. seems like yesterday. I mean, part of that is because like we review old videos, but <laughs> but the year has like completely flown by. Yeah, 2023 has just gone fast in general. Yeah, it really has. It's got it's been a wild year for you overall. Yeah, talk. Let's talk about uh, your your Nez. I mean, we saw you at OSG. Um, like we were just talking before we started, I was competing. I didn't have an opportunity to to stop and say hi. There's so many people to, and I like I missed so many people while we were at OSG. Um, what's what has been going on? Yeah, so in March I did the Arnold uh, in Columbus, Ohio. I also did Rainier uh, just to jump in and hit the world record log. And then I did OSG this year. Yeah. So I've only done three competitions this year, um, but it, it seems like I did more. Um, yeah. I, like I've done more. <laughs> I mean, those are big shows and the 320 pound log was um, I, I watch that video regularly because it's one of the most insane lists of 2023, in my opinion um going into 2024 um you have plans for for breaking your own record um not right now i'm focusing on trying to break the other overhead world records um circus dumbbell there's an opportunity at the arnold next year um to break the world record dumbbell so we'll see it's not my best overhead but you know i have 12 weeks so maybe i'll have another world record yeah, what's the what is it sitting at right now? Uh, the world record, and I, and I apologize, I I don't don't have that handy. I can look up on uh, Chaos UK though. I'm sure they've got it. I think it's like 185, 187, something like that by Sam Bellavo. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm verifying this because we do have resources. If nobody <laughs> is aware. Uh, Luke Davis in UK keeps a very nice um, record of world records on chaosstrength.co.uk um, of all the weight class men and women's world records. I'm looking, I'm looking. So it's 83 kilograms by Sam Beliveau. I don't know if that is in pounds. So what is that? I think that's like, yeah, 187, right around, or no. Somewhere. Yeah, 183. 183. 183. 183. Okay. Yeah, I've hit 190 in the gym when I was prepping for Rainier last year. Nice. So, but that was on a cylinder dumbbell. Uh, the dumbbells really vary. Right now I'm working on a, a globe dumbbell, and I'm sure. messing up 150. So it just really depends on the dumbbell. I think it'll make or break. I hear know. that. Yeah, it's true. I hear that. that um, I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like depending on like how long it is, if I can get it like right up against my head, or if it's longer and I got to put it behind my back. And yeah, we have a globe one at the at the gym too. That I don't know why. It's just like it's so much harder to get into position. It's very weird. 
It's just comical looking too. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I think that's the point. Is why I call the circus comical, right? It's supposed to be comical. <laughs> I mean, strongman is all kind of like it's, um, it's a, it's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a spectacle, right? That's what it's always been about. It's kind of that spectacle, and you know, things are comically huge, but but I mean, it kind of gives that that image of old time strongman, right? When you look at a lot of the old time strongmen, um, you know, all of their implements were, were very circusy glow, a lot of globes and, and sort of comically, um, just huge. Right. Yeah. It's true. Like the old Steinborn squats and everything. Oh yeah. I like their, um, Hannah Coldiron up in Oklahoma. She had a competition that was actually in a circus tent and all circus themed. And the pictures are amazing. Like they I did like barrel squats. I uh, would have been two years ago, maybe, or last year. Sometime. Yeah. I think they're hosting it this year again too. Yeah. Which looks amazing. Like just seeing that aesthetic, I was like, the pictures are really bright and the outfits and everything like matched. I was like, I like I like that kind of whimsical thing rather than like huge implements and everything. Doing like old timey strongman stuff. I was like, yeah, oh, this looks fun. Yeah, in um not to change the the the, the subject, but I did wanna and I and I don't wanna I don't wanna be I don't wanna bring the tone down, but I do wanna offer my condolences to you, Nez. Um, for you losing your dad, uh, I know you, you learned that at at, uh, at OSG. You went on and competed anyway, which is freaking amazing um, and a great tribute to to your father. And yeah, I wanted wanted to make sure that that you hear that from me. Uh, I lost my dad a few years ago. It's not easy by any means. You know, I appreciate it. Yeah, I heard literally five minutes after check in yeah that's tough yeah and i was like i just drove eight hours to get here and you know i talked to my boyfriend and i was like should we go home should we stay here and he was like what would your dad want and i was like he'd want me to compete yeah Uh, so i was like i have to stay and compete and it was hard it was really difficult to like focus um i made so many mistakes that i've never made before in my entire life right Um, and it was a very big learning process for me um, this year at OSG um, because those little mistakes cost me podium. You know, I, may, I got fourth place. So, right. Yeah. But you still, I mean, you still uh, persevered. I mean, you still competed, which is, I think most people would have probably backed out at that point. I think I probably would have. Um, so, I mean, I mean, huge kudos just for doing that. And, you know, again, that's tough and, yeah, my sincerest condolences. No, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. So what uh, you know, you're you're now uh invited to the Arnold. Um prep is 12 weeks out. What's that looking like for you? Uh terrible. The events for, are <laughs> not great for me. Two grip events, two max events, and a really weird stone medley. Um so I'm not very excited about the events for the U.S., but we have yet to hear the events for the U.K. So hopefully <laughs> there's something in there for me that I enjoy because right. <laughs> I particularly do not enjoy grip events. Right. Um, I don't know if you saw my hands after the Sticks and Stones event at OSG. No. My hands were 
literally like a cheese grater. I was bleeding all over the Denny stones. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, and they had to tape me up for deadlifts the next day. And it was, it was pretty bad. So oh, wow. But I mean, my thing. right. But also it's an opportunity to train your weaknesses, right. Kind of forces you to, um, so, so, I mean, there's probably, I mean, a little bit of a silver lining there, maybe. Yeah. You know, and Aaron Murray was talking about exactly. working on your weaknesses. <laughs> and I'm over here like, Aaron, shut up. <laughs> Let me be a baby about it. <laughs> I could say that Aaron's one of my best friends. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. It was a, she was a great guest on the show too. Yeah. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking, you know, going into so that conversation was, we just had this conversation with everybody <laughs> a week ago. Yeah. It's a good opportunity to work on your weaknesses and, and, you know, um, too many people, I think, you know, will back out and not do those shows that, that, um, uh, don't favor them. Um, and it just makes you stronger for, for pushing through and, and working on those weaknesses and still competing anyway. Yeah, I agree. Um, just hoping that my hands pull through and, I finished the events because I can't not finish. Right. Maybe tape your hands up ahead of time. I don't know if that'll help. I'm going to tacky myself to the frame. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I've always wanted to like try to create some chalk, like, Strongman's for cheating, so like I don't I don't mind talking about this. Like I always wanted to get some like chalk that had like resin in it that like <laughs> that was nice and white but sticky, but not so sticky it left residue on it. <laughs> yeah, like, you get just, like a little cloth in your uh, shorts and just wipe it off real quick. There you go, exactly. True. Like those little but golf it, towels. But I mean, I think if you walk up with like nothing on your hands, it's gonna be like they're gonna be like, hmm, what's going on here? A little suspicious there. It's a little suspicious. <laughs> but if you had some like, because they do actually make some like uh, uh, resin powder for golfing, but it's not really that great. And I'm just like, and and then um, uh, Olympic gymnasts mix like chalk and, and honey and like all this stuff together mm-hmm. to help with like the rings and stuff. I'm yeah, like, I've heard that. I've heard the honey trick. Yeah, how can how can we pull that off in strongman <laughs> to where like it doesn't break the rules? Because <laughs> if they don't say you can't do it, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> True. As long as it's not sumo. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they don't say you can't sumo, don't you sumo? Yeah, no, that's illegal in its own way. <laughs> <laughs> I like what's a uh, we're just talking about grip stuff of like whenever people like Mitchell Hooper just did stone to shoulder with 400 pounds. But they're, whenever people they're like, no, tacky, just chalk. But the stone like sticks to every part of their clothes as they go up because it has that much resin left over on it. I'm like, there's some extra chalk there. Oh, like, yeah, that's extra tacky. Yeah. I mean, it's 400. So this shoulder is still so huge. Still ridiculous, but yeah, that comes up pretty frequently when people post like no tacky stone picks, but the tacky the stone is like <laughs> caked in tacky. <laughs> Not oh, really man. a no tacky pick. That's true. It's like the stones at the final event for OSG. They're just like by the end, some people's were sticking so hard oh, that yeah. they're like pulling up the horse stall mat and everything. I was like, it's very Did you intense. experience that on the stone run, Ness? 
Where your um, stones were like sticking, just like I mean, it was kind of crazy to see from the the stands. No, it wasn't too bad because like with the women, we get like the fresh stones, so there's not much tacky that builds up. Sure. Uh, the first stone is rough because there's so much tack on the first stone. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but for us, it, the last stone wasn't touched, so there was no tacky on the last stone. Okay. Um. And uh, me, it was Rebecca and I were the only two that finished that stone series, I think. Right. So that was my win. I was like, if I'm going to go fourth <laughs> place and not have enough points to catch up, I'm winning the stone series. Right. Yeah. And I think, and it may be been like when you got towards like the one Oh fives and the open, open guys, like they're the same maps were used for every class coming up to it. So, I mean, there's probably a lot of tacky built up just on the mats as well. And I remember seeing a few people, you could see the differences when they like, they pulled into the stone and there was like this little like second or so hesitation. And then when it, broke away from the mat it just flew up right <laughs> yeah like it was definitely adding some some resistance yeah i didn't really watch the stones afterwards because i was super tired and i was laying in the stands yeah <laughs> understandable yeah, i can i can see that happening it happens at my gym all the time right i mean it's common right it is common in strongman it's not it's not unusual but for me it was a maybe the first time I ever really noticed it as a spectator versus an athlete. And it was so very noticeable um, how much you could just see how much harder some of the athletes were pulling on the stones to break them off the mats. It was kind of nuts. It was crazy. Uh, what was it? There was something I just thought of and now I lost it and everything. I was going to say, so what's your opinion of the way they recalculate the scores and everything? For the final controversial and everything. I wanted to hear your thoughts because in my mind, I thought it should have been first place gets 10 points, last place gets one, and like more everyone has a chance at the top than possibly. But what's your thoughts? Oh, when they recalculate day three. Yeah. Um it worked in my favor, so um, <laughs> so you like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I like it. Uh last year it worked in my favor as well. Um, because it takes out the unnecessary points um, mm -hmm. that were given to, so like it balances it out. Whereas, like if someone got like what like twentieth place, but they got first in an event, it takes away those points and it makes the playing field a little more even. Um, and it makes more sense because if someone has like a twenty point lead, you know what I mean, and then we the day day three they end up getting like a three point lead. So then it makes it more competitive on day three. So I I like it just because it makes it more competitive and it just it just makes more sense because you're only getting 10 points for first place anyways and right, not right. the open women. There was like 24, I believe. So that was 24 points and it changes it drastically. It makes sense. Yeah, we were talking about that one. We talk about that a lot. Um I I don't like it because it 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 like it get it there's several cases over the years and even this year where it makes it impossible for some people that make it to the final like literally mathematically impossible for some people to make it on the podium. 
and and I just where whereas if they would have either just kept the points as as is, there still would have been a possibility for them to get to the podium, or if they change it like John said and did like you know just recalculate as ten to one, ten points down to one, there still be a mathematical possibility for them to get to the podium. Not necessarily saying that that those people were physically capable of doing it, but from the mathematical perspective, it didn't just automatically eliminate them from the competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that happens. Yeah. It it could either work in your favor or not. Right. Uh, But I'm, I'm glad they do the same thing every single year. Sure. Sure. Consistency I think is key. You know, there was one case where, um, and, and we love Derek. I'm not, I'm not bashing Derek. It's not his fault by any means. Um, you know, he did get led into the, into the finals and he was tied for 10th and it, and that recalculation bumped him up to fifth. Which was crazy. Which was yeah. crazy. <laughs> I was that, like, I don't understand how that works. How you right. could be 10th <laughs> out of like 50 people or 30 people. And then fifth out of 10 yeah it's like that's what that's what confused me is looking at the 90s class i was trying to figure out how that works i was like but it makes sense though if it favors you it favored tyler davis last year sure everything with recalc but it does make things complicated of if another person gets added to your class how those points are all spread out because it took me a while to understand how the recalculation happened because in my mind i was like everything's just a qualifier and then scores a reset but then it makes sense like some people's class like yours it did actually make people closer then some people it made them much farther away yeah i think because our class is so small compared to some of the men's classes right that it's not as big as a like a discrepancy as you know the open men you know where the master's class is like 40 50 competitors in there you know, and that'll change drastically versus what well, we had like 20 open women. So it's not, mm-hmm. it's not as big of a deal as, you know, the bigger classes are. Right. That's yeah. True. I would just like to see it where it's, if you're getting into the finals, <laughs> like, I mean, getting the finals is a big deal in and of itself. Like that's still pretty huge, but uh, I don't know. And I haven't been in that position, but I like, I try to put myself in the shoes of somebody and, and, and maybe I'm overthinking it and maybe not anybody else thinks this way, but like, I feel like if I got into the finals and then my coins were recalculated to where I mathematically had no chance of, of making the podium anymore. I like, I'm like, I would still compete just because I was there, but at the same time, I'd be like, this kind of defeated the purpose of me making it to the finals. <laughs> like I can no longer advance. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of a, it's a, it's a weird system, but yeah, I agree with you. Consistency is, is a big deal um, because a lot of times strongman, especially lacks consistency, particularly in judging. Um, and so any consistency I think we do get in the sport is a big win by all means. Yeah. And Lynn does an amazing job too. Like not true at, at all. Like knocking Lynn, the amount of work it takes to put on a show of that caliber is pretty insane in and of itself. So yeah, no, he did a great job this year, especially with how many athletes that competed. And I feel like compared to last year, that was a disaster. Um, because that's not, not his hurricane. fault. Hurricane. Yeah, no, not his fault. <laughs> right at all, from the at athlete, all. it was a disaster. From sure. our standpoint, it was 
awful. Um, right. So this year was like a piece of cake compared to that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. What do you do when like, I mean, what can you do when mother nature strikes? Um, you know, it's a, like when you, in contracts, it always says like, we're not liable for acts of the acts of God. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do, you do your best and, and you work around it, which I mean, honestly, I mean, I didn't make it last year. Um, I was, I was supposed to, but um, yeah, I've heard from a lot of people that, that despite the weather, I mean, things still worked out pretty darn well, you know, crunching three days into two is not, is no small task. No, we were there from 8 a.m. to like 11 p.m. Mm, wow. And I think I finished stone to shoulder, uh, sandbag to shoulder, probably like 10.30 p.m. Wow. It was a long day. We wow. basically got kicked out of the venue and we had to start, <laughs> we had to have the men's class do their sandbag to shoulder on day uh, two. Oh, wow. <laughs> to start the day and then we did finals after that right wow that's brutal that's a long brutal. day i mean even this even uh friday was like a 12-hour day it was tough yeah but but i think for i mean for at least one class i mean that's the way world's strongest man is so they're getting a taste of what that may be um in the very least but yeah, it's a it's a definitely some long, long days. That's true. But the, but the field is freaking amazing though, right? The backdrop, the equipment is is phenomenal. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's talk about the yoke press. That's yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was gonna ask about. I was like, that's someone okay. you typically enjoy pressing. I was like, how did you feel about the pressing events? It made me fall. I've never touched that implement before and right. the fabricated one that was in the back for so much easier it was so much easier and then you go out there and you're like what the hell is this <laughs> i like i smoked 300 in 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 the back and i walked up and they they actually dropped our yoke to 302 and i got up to i locked it i locked it out and it just threw me all over the place yeah it was yeah. crazy yeah, they actually accidentally added 10 pounds to all the women's classes. Oh, nice. So ours was actually 10 pounds heavier than what it was supposed to be. <laughs> at least it was consistent. So, at least it was consistent, classes. right. Yeah, right. but that, I have never missed an overhead. And that was really humbling for me. I think it humbled a lot of people. A lot of oh, people yeah. that, I mean, even when I sit in the stands, I was like, Nez is going to smoke this. And then I was like, um, in my class, Dan Hughes is going to smoke this. And I mean, him and both uh, Jeff Lee str uh, struggled with it, which was really surprising. Um, there's a lot of people across the board that just like got stopped at that yoke. And you're right. The the one, the one that we had for warm up was not the same at all. No, we were, <laughs> we were smoking that in the back. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cause everyone said that they were like, some people, they were like, yeah, I hit comp weight in back. It felt so confident. And then just like that swing of just watching it, like, cause it, it started swinging so as soon as you left the ground of like, it felt like there was some side sway and just like the back and forth. And I don't know what it was, That's you know brutal. I mean? Everybody's going to come up with like their, their assumptions <laughs> and right reasons. And people are like, well, the one in the back was like just heavier by itself. So there was less weight on the, 
you know, out down below where the ones out light out, out in the, on the field were lighter implements. So there was more weight swinging below, which is a good, probably good assumption of why they swung so much more. Cause the, the one in the back was just built heavier across like top to bottom. Right. Um, I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I was pressing lighter weight yokes in training too, and didn't have as much, as much problem, but yeah, it is what it is the end of the day people still finished it so we all we all just need to get stronger <laughs> apparently more stability <laughs> more stability or strict press like uh like our good friend emmanuel pascari did just went out and strict pressed everything <laughs> i feel like a lot of the masters men strict press everything just yeah. that old man strength yeah well you mean like ryan heinle i mean yeah that was uh too light for him i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> Too easy. Um, what's always surprising to me is the people who like struggle with the clean and then will just strict press. I'm like, that's an insane ratio, right? Right. right. Where it's just like I saw some of the guys who it's like you clean it twice, can't get it, and then once it's clean, you just strict press. I'm like, right. that's an insane shrink. And that's Iron BB man. Like, yeah, he struggled so much to clean the axle, but once he gets it clean, like he just strict presses it. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> blows my mind too. Right. <laughs> Because I like the, your split jerks always impressive and everything. People can manage a nice little like the Olympic style pressing and yeah. everything with it. I'm like, that makes the most sense and everything. It's so crazy, like the weights that you're doing, of, like watching. Split jerking a yoke is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I did not split jerk it. I tried push pressing oh, yeah. it. But yeah. I, I honestly should have just split jerk it. And because I know that the best. But the problem is I couldn't lower, like I couldn't make the handle low enough for me to split jerk it and actually get underneath it. Wow. Um, right. Because right. my dip is a lot more when I split jerk versus when I push sure. press. Sure. So sure. I was like, I'm going to touch the floor and it's going to throw me off. Right. Oh, yeah. I wonder so if they so... would have taken that away from you if that happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were like to like just touch the floor at the right point and then just stand up with it, I don't know how the hell that would work at all, but... <laughs> <laughs> that'd be like a that'd just be like a a rack lockout. <laughs> there were some guys that had the bar high enough for it they to did. be a rack. Yeah. I saw that. That is smart. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And in hindsight, I wish I would have thought about that. You just got under it and just stood up with it. Just like squat low enough to shake your arms and just stand up. What if they would allow that? They didn't say we couldn't. Yeah, they did not. And some people really took advantage of that. And I was right. watching like, damn, right. I should have thought about that. Right. <laughs> but I'm also six foot one and I'm a little too tall for that. Right. Yeah, same. <laughs> well, and plus, like, I I changed some stuff up. Like I did that rookie thing, too, with the with the tombstone sandbag. All the super heavyweight guys are like, oh, like they were picking it sideways. And I'm like, oh, that looks awesome. So I did that in the back and it was really great. And then I got out on the field and the tombstone that we had was like super tightly packed and it wasn't as easy to get over my knees. <laughs> so yeah, it's not a good idea to change things up the day of competition. <laughs> that, that event was rough. I think I fell six times. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I still got four plays. That's amazing. I didn't see you fall. <laughs> Oh, I fell like six times. No way. So the sled, so OSC 2021, the sled was. Oh, so you fell heavy. on the sled. Yeah, I fell on the sled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I thought you meant like carrying the sandbags. Oh no, I was feeding <laughs> right through that. Right. But then the sled was so light. I thought the sled was gonna be like really heavy. Right. And when I was pulling it, I was leaning back too much because I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be a heavy sled. And so I fell right at the start. And then I couldn't get my momentum back to like change up how I was pulling it. So I fell like six times. When you have all that weight on your back too. Yeah. Which just makes it, uh, yeah, exactly. That's what usually happens with like light sleds. Like you, you're like, you get moving too fast or whatever. And yeah, your feet just fall out from under you. Cause he's done so many times. Like several of the people were like, feet and feet ahead of the other people were going so fast with the sleds and then tripped three feet from the finish line yeah. and then like yep. the recovery i saw several people try to like stay on the ground with their knees and pull and i was like this sled's, <laughs> it's too heavy to be able to pull on your knees so i was like <laughs> well i think i think some people ended up with a turtle effect and like know how to get back yeah. up with that weight on their back right there it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a rough event, though, because I was just imagining the pick. I didn't realize that they'd like also put a belt around your waist. So it's like squeezing your stomach as you're like tilted over. There were some of the women that didn't belt up. I noticed. I didn't um, know if that was an option. Oh, it totally isn't. I don't think you had to. Um, You just had to have have the weight on your back. Yeah. And so, yeah. I think it'd be harder without the belt, but. That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, do you think, think that so like it's squeezing you? I couldn't tell though. But I mean, like if you have like a um like a hiking backpack, they have the the waistbands because it helps distribute the weight more evenly rather than being all on your shoulders, you get some of the weight down on your um on your hips, right? You lower that center of gravity a bit. And yeah, it's a lot easier to manage. So having a belt, in my opinion would have been yeah not or like not buckling the belt to me would be a disadvantage because i know in training a couple times i had the weight too high in my in my backpack and when i bent over it just like i about fell on my head because it's 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 crazy how much like a little bit of difference in the height of that like makes when you bend over yeah the backpack i used in training like was not great so i was very used to the backpack (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was not great either, and it, like, depending on what I put in it, I tried to put sandbag. Like, uh, um, my gym has like go ruck, like I guess they're like kettlebell things. They're saying like kettlebells or something. So I tried to put like two fifty pounders in my my hiking backpack because that's what I had. Um, the week before, I did four twenty fives, which sat low and was really easy. And then I put two of those fifty pound sand bells or whatever they're called. And when I when I when I bent over to pick up the sandbag, I just like fell over because <laughs> the weight distribution was so far was too high. <laughs> yeah, it should just totally change the game. Yeah, it was a brutal event to be your last one, like to qualify and stuff. Right. I was like just watching people. I was like that. So many people. The floor was slippery. It was less slippery than the PSL U nineties show that that their sled like was super slippery but this was like it was seemed real hard to get your momentum you either got it real well or like once once people faltered it was like tough but to still come in fourth with that is great though yeah absolutely but from that height though i was thinking that's the main thing like once you get taller like try having to pick up the husafel and those sandbags i was like with something that far i was like 
do not envy that range of motion. And no, it's not fun. Yeah. But like, leverage is like, I mean, tall people have good leverages for like picking things off the ground and deadlifting, surprisingly. Not when you got short arms. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, having long arms definitely helps. <laughs> yeah, I got a five, six wingspan. Like, I have no arms. Oh, wow. That's really? crazy. Yeah, I know. That is crazy. That's wild. It's, it's always weird. Like, um, I have this friend here that looks like he has this really short wingspan because he's like so thick, right? And mm-hmm. and I used to like, and he has like his really crazy overhead press. And, and you know, being, being the um, excuse maker that I am. I'm like, he's got, if I had short arms, I could press as well as him too, right? And so one day I'm like, let's let's measure your wingspan compared to mine. And his was like, he was like 5'10 or something like that. He had like a six foot two wingspan or something stupid like that, like longer than mine. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess that excuse doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Dude, those people like seeing, I forget what powerlifting meet I saw a while back. I think it might have been Gainsmith or one of them. It was one of the guys who was like a deadlift specialist. And when he stood up, the tips of his fingers could almost touch the tops of his kneecap kneecap so like his lockout was literally like three inches above his knees i was like that's just wild that's like uh um what's his name ivan marikov am i saying it right uh Um, yeah makarov or marikov makarov i was watching him deadlift um today and he's like dude his his arms are like at his kneecaps too his hands are like super low that's nuts I'm envious of people like that. <laughs> though having having a deficit of seven inches to your wingspan is intense, though. I did not realize your wingspan was like that. That is crazy. Yeah. That's why I'm a great presser. My deadlift lockouts at my belly button, basically. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say on stones that would be extra challenging. I was like, but you but won the stone, but she won the so stones. Yeah, I know it's true. With enough tacky, you can do anything. <laughs> Especially with like extra heavy spider tacky. You just like, that's what we used. Yeah, yeah, you stick to everything. Um, oh, yeah. I was actually, uh, so I started with the guys that developed spider tacky back in uh, Fargo, North Dakota. And the first batch, I will never forget. Um, before they dialed in the stick, like they can make it way stronger. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I remember oh, picking. God. I remember picking up a stone and like th- it was a light stone, right, and throwing it up on the platform and not be able to come off of it. I just like it just threw drug me into the platform so hard. Um, so yeah, they could definitely make it. You don't want it stronger though, because then you can't let go. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what, what happened you. there. I was yeah. talking and like, yeah, you started talking. I'm like, <laughs> don't know what happened. Oh, yeah. Sorry. But the, 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 I was saying the first time I ever lost my calluses was uh, Brian Shaw used to put on uh, the Brian Shaw classic at um, there's a big like bodybuilding show up in Loughlin, Colorado. And he had some IFSA replica farmers handles and everybody like literally everybody lost their calluses that day. And it was the first time I've ever lost calluses either. Uh, are also in and i'm in like in the bathroom uh kale beck gave me um 
new skin. He's like, here, use this, right? I've never used it before. I don't know what I'm getting into. So I go in the bathroom and I like clean up and trim my calces off. And I put this new skin on my hands and it burned like so freaking bad. Like I'm like cursing, like kicking the, like the stall next to me. I thought I was alone in this big bathroom, right? And this little poor little kid, like hooks his head <laughs> out from the stall, like way down, like scared out of his mind. Cause there's this crazy person in the bathroom, like screaming and swearing but uh, it hurts so bad so bad don't use new skin it's the worst shit on the planet it's better than crazy glue uh i've never done that i've done that Mm. not fun not fun (laughs) crazy Uh, glue and then so we spray it with alcohol first oh no yes you have to and then after that it's either new skin or crazy glue no no thanks I'll pass. Hard pass on that. <laughs> uh, so I, I've only tore my calluses one other time. It was a uh, it was a mass wrestling event in Chicago at one of Odhaugen's shows against Mark Bevins, um, one of the Masters men at OSG this week. I mean he's he's been around. He's one of the OGs. Uh, I tore my calluses mass wrestling and uh, I just taped it up. It was fine. Mm-hmm. I will that tape. Get you. Yeah, if I ever ever tear castles again, it's just going to be tape. Yeah, the crazy glue sounds miserable. No. In and of Alcohol itself. sounds terrible. That, like, that's yeah. like the worst <laughs> possible thing. That's the last thing I want to put in like a wound is alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to clean it out because you know you don't want to get your hands infected. So they, I didn't yeah. have to do it myself. Luckily, I had someone else do it for me. So like. They held me down while doing it. <laughs> I just tied you down. I tied you to a, to a um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like <laughs> tied you to a hospital cot, cart. Yeah, cot. basically. Yeah. <laughs> like held me down and sprayed both my hands. And that oh, was. Oh, God. Yeah. Did they at least put like a stick in your mouth to bite on? <laughs> no, no. No courtesy whatsoever. No courtesy whatsoever. <laughs> Total disrespect. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, you're you're probably right. Um, I know. Um, I've been in the sport in a long, long time, and and I remember um, this pro. His name was John Connor. Um, he actually went pro at the first competition I ever did in 2008. And some people may still remember John. He got this really bad staph infection in his in his sternum from doing bare chested stones atlas stones wow and and every time i see somebody go out without a shirt on or sleeves i'm like i think about john connor i'm like those stones are like disgustingly dirty so many hands have been on them they've been rolled through crap like you don't know what's on them and it's like it's tearing your skin open i mean i've bled every time i've done bare skin uh stones i've certainly scabbed up right and and i was thinking about john connor he almost died like because like he had a staph infection like you know inches from his heart that's crazy and so yeah i mean the the reality is is that especially in a competition with 378 people you hope that everybody is like healthy and doesn't have any contractable illnesses but you're right i mean if you tear your skin and i mean there's probably a good chance of like all kinds of funk that could get in there I think it's also courtesy to wear a shirt, especially if you're like a hairy guy. Right. Like, if you see, like Nick in the free wax. Uncle Nick. <laughs> yeah. Not talking about you. 
Dude, seeing those patches of just, I was like, oh. Dude, that was so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> ever since you the staph infection thing, I'm like, no. I'll tape up real heavy for stones yeah. now. Yeah, Poor but... Lynn's the one that has to spray all the hair off the stone. Yeah. <laughs> do, you see, do you see Mitch Uber out there like taking pictures after Nick, <laughs> Nick did his stone run? <laughs> and Aaron's like, well, before it even starts, he's like, pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> Gee, that was a good time. Also, I was very impressed by the fact that Mitchell Hooper wore a volunteer shirt and like worked as a hard volunteer. I was like, that's that's the world's strongest volunteer right there. I was like, someone recently, I think it was CJ Pierce or some. Actually, no, Brando was saying he wants to have a comp sometime where like one of the events is just dragging horse stall mats. I was like, no, that no, would dude, be we, crazy. We did that at USS Nationals in 2018. That was like, that was oh, wow. the drag. It was just mats. And it was so heavy that I don't think any of the any of the women finished because they made them do the same weights as all like the same mats as the men. It was ridiculous. And so I don't think anybody in the women's or the I think a lot of the middleweights then even didn't finish it. It was yeah, drinking horse stall mats is not fun. <laughs> it was a weird event. It was a super yeah. weird event. I think their sleds didn't show up, is what happened. Sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> so we just ended up breaking like horse tall mats. Oh man. That'll just be like that'll definitely challenge your grip. Just to have to drag as many horse stall mats as you could, or just one. Time I'm like, that sounds very intense. Yeah. I was like, that that would be a wild one. But it was neat to see him out there volunteering and like helping yeah. and stuff. Overall, like it was crazy to like watch the whole production from like just a bystanders standpoint it was neat like seeing everyone and stuff i was gonna ask you what's it like uh being in like one of the smaller classes do you get a lot more like socializing or like how is how how is your cohort i don't know what the word is i guess your class for competing yeah the open women are like big teddy bears and we're all really good friends so i think that we have a pretty good little group that we have going on um, there were some new faces this year, so you know it was their first time at OSG, and you know we try our best to make them comfortable and make them like feel like part of the group because um, there's a lot of us that have been doing this for you know a few years now, so like we all know each other, and um, I think having a smaller group is kind of cool because we can do that. You know, I feel like with the lighter weights, they're more like a little aggressive. I want to say. <laughs> and i think the heavyweights are just big teddy bears i think it's with like i i think they're just i think the i think the 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 lighter weight women are just just wily like uh <laughs> <laughs> holly like, just, like holly exactly that's the first person that comes to mind she's just she's a wily <laughs> Dude, that was crazy and also the u80 guys i was impressed by like them lowering the heights on everything for them so they use the same heights as the women i was like it's a smart move because those guys are like very like just built like from like no context you're like that person looks huge and then you see them and you're like oh that's the height there 
<laughs> they were so great though. I was like, we, we appreciate lightweight athletes. We just need to put that out there. <laughs> Sometimes we've had controversy with you all, but we appreciate you all. Your class is definitely right. great. I'm just, I'm just laughing because you're just like, you see them in real life and then you're like, oh, you're really short. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's what Andy always tells me. She was like, don't comment on how big some of the women are because I get surprised and I'm like, whoa. And don't comment how short some of the men are because those are my two instincts I have to fight. Andy was like, don't say that to be like, whoa, you're way shorter than I thought. I, in my mind, that's like... I was like, that's just a normal observation that after USS National, she was like, you can't keep telling all the lightweight guys I mean, that. That's like, that's like, I've had multiple bosses that just love to like walk into a meeting with me and be like, Darren, you're looking kind of small today. <laughs> you're a dick. Oh, man. That's always crazy. Everything. Some people are bigger though. Josh Lancaster was bigger than I expected. I was like, then also Andrew Clayton seeing him with everyone. That's an astounding frame to hold 105 kilograms. I was like, it's wild to see like the way everyone's built is real interesting. I was like, overall, very fun experience though. Yeah. And I didn't tell anyone they're smaller than I thought. I had to just be like, that's an inside thought. Good job. <laughs> I was like, hilarious, <laughs> though. Like, I know. I'm a strongman show where everybody's like peaking, like peak testosterone. You looking kind of small today, dude. <laughs> You're smaller than I thought. Yeah. Cause I, in my mind, I always, for this? Yeah. I always thought it's normal, but I realized as someone who only casually lifts telling people to be like, Oh, I thought you'd be bigger than me. That's not, that's, that's like not a good thing to say to people. I was like, it's, it's hard though, not to like comment on people. I think in strongman, it's okay to tell people that they're big. That's I, true. To tell people they're big. That's what Andy that's was like, claiming. Goal, right. It's to be yeah. jacked. Andy was like, don't tell women they're big. I'm like, in this sport, I think it might be okay. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> a compliment. I was yeah. like, because yeah, I was just shit. like, whoa. I was you're like, built, you're built like a fucking Cadillac. That's true. Some people are built like a fridge, <laughs> like some of the open men, <laughs> just like a little refrigerator. They're like, like mission accomplished. Crazy. Yeah. So that's true. I just won't comment on the height thing. I was like, it's so hard not to. Andy had all these little prompts. She was like, remember to do this. Don't do this in public. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll, I'll be good and sociable. It's sad that we didn't get to talk to you, but we also didn't want to bother you on that first day because we saw you at first watch. I almost said hello, but then it was very sad Thursday, I think it was. Yeah. I was like around lunchtime. I was like, that's not a good time to say hello. I was like, it's always a good time to say hello. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't find it. We didn't know to find time. So we just watched you from afar. Well, we oh. were trying to grab anybody and everybody we could on Sunday. And it was like, that was really tough. Mm -hmm. um, when I wasn't competing anymore and I had time, we were interviewing people. And yeah, we were just grabbing anybody we could. And yeah, we just didn't get to everybody, unfortunately, which sucks. But there's going to be other shows. Um, I'm sure we'll be at OSG next year. And I don't know if I'll compete at OSG again, but I would like to be there and spend more time and just spend time and, like, talk to everybody, talk to you, talk to everyone else and have some time to 
to get some good interviews and good content to to spread the word of strawman and and give everybody a platform to speak and and help get everybody's name out there because i think you know we talk about that so many times on or we have talked about it so many times when Will Strong's man is trying to, you know, as a community, helping everybody be as successful as they can, not just, you know, strongman, the com- competition is, is up to the individual, but I think when it comes to like social media and exposure and, and helping everybody out, like, I think it's a, it, it's kind of a community effort. It should be because we're in it together. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. That's true. Because we were saying, I was like, Aaron, we were very complimentary of her social media presence. Like, it's interesting to, like, watch people, like, as they, like, change and adapt. Because it's funny, after our interview, I told her, I was like, check out our first interview with Nez. Like, see how it is. And she was like, you guys look so different. <laughs> we're, like, all awkwardly just like. Well, you had hair, you, so. Oh, I did. I did have hair. <laughs> yeah. That's what's different. That's true. I was like, I was like, it's like I better lighting. Off. There's hair. I yeah, think I had more facial hair. That's also, true. I did have a lot more hair. Yeah, I, I have like, a lot more hair now too. I had <laughs> yeah. short hair. Yeah, because I was like, and I remember that day because Darren was ten minutes late, and I was trying my best oh, just to like yeah. awkwardly make I small talk. You had a like, job interview, wasn't it? Um, I believe so. Um, yeah. I think you were in like final rounds of something. Yeah, I think you're right. It's been so long ago. I forgot. And I didn't actually even stay at the job because they were terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did. I mean, I got the job. I'm pretty sure I got that job. And then it was like day three or four. I'm in my first meeting and, and my boss, my manager there told me to bring a lot of questions to this meeting. And so I'm asking a lot of questions and I'm asking a lot of questions because I'm very like, intimately familiar with the uh the material that's being presented and apparently my my questions angered the the presenter because he couldn't answer some of my questions (laughs) and he just like loses it and starts yelling at me in this meeting and next thing i know my manager who's sitting behind me is like instant messaging him and they're popping up on the presentation screen <laughs> and they're not good right they're really terrible like like messages and and like and i never got an apology or anything and it just like wow. it just went downhill from there and i'm like i think i lasted three weeks and i just showed up on a monday morning and i'm like i'm i'm here's my stuff i'm not coming back i'm done Cause that's just, it was crazy. It was like, so like bad. It was like, so toxic just right out the gate. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work out for me. <laughs> yeah. That's just sad. Oh man. It, it happens more than I would like to admit, unfortunately. Seer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had some challenges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't it's know. It's been an intense one. Yeah. So Nez, what is, I mean, other than Arnold, and you've got, you've got the um, the um, world. It's called the World Strongest Nations. Is that? Am I saying it right? Yeah. Now? Oh, I did that too. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's yeah. True. How is that? Oh, it's so much fun because there's not a lot of pressure. It's more of like a production. It's right. not like you're competing against somebody. It's more of like you you have a team and like just don't disappoint your teammate and it was pretty fun 
Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a good time too, of like the way they like structure everything in that arena and everything. I was gonna well, ask you because I was like, like yeah. It just it's seems like, so much yeah. better in the UK as far as strongman goes. It's like football here over right. there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> arena shows and like the fans are super fans. Like right. they have t-shirts, they have like you know, flags that say Stoltman brothers on it. Like they're insane over there about strongman. How what are they doing different than than we're doing here in the US? I think it's more tradition. Um, they have the Highland Games, sure. Um, stuff like that. And it's been there longer than it has been over here. And I think Giants Life coming to Las Vegas is gonna be a big deal because now it's yeah. like it's starting to branch out into the States. And I think that hopefully there's a woman's show crossing my fingers because then I don't have to go overseas for a Giants live show. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so, and I think getting more women into the sport has helped grow the sport over here as well. hundred percent. I think there's still a gap between the men and women you know, with how many competitors there are. And there's still a gap between pay discrepancies, stuff like that. And like just the opportunities in general, like there's no rogue invitational for women. Right. So there's just a lot of work to be done. And I think that within the next few years, it's going to be like women can make a living doing this. Right. And it's not just the men that can make a living off of this. And I'm very excited because hopefully if I continue on this path, I can make this a living. And not have to work a nine to five. Right, right. Well, last time we talked, you were um, full time athlete. Yeah, I was coaching and doing that, and I. So coaching I was still so in the kind of in the cards. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I still coach a few people, but it's hard to keep clients and to keep you know up with that, and I'm not really good at finding clients because i'm kind of lazy so <laughs> it's hard it's really hard to like go up to somebody and be like hey you want to do strongman right and like, what the hell is that so right right i was yeah i always struggled like um yeah you know, i took on some clients a long time ago too and i'm like i'm kind of like uh i don't know if i want to say i'm like a perfectionist per se but i had a hard time coaching some people because they'd go off program and then like, and then they would post about it. And like, and then they would, and then put me as their coach in their, in their social media. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't like, don't give me credit when you're not following the program. Bro. Like, Take my name off of that. So actually that was my struggle is just like, people would not do the, you know, follow the program and, and, you know, do it half-assed and, you know, and then they would take like weeks off and I was just like, I'm, I don't want to coach people like that. No, and then they don't send you videos and you don't have any idea what they're doing. It's right. it's rough. It's rough to be a coach. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how some people do it. Like, and I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that are really great, you know, people or person, people, whatever you want to call them. Right. And like they're, they get along really well with everybody. And I'm not one of those people. <laughs> like, I just, like, if you're not, if you're not on like, the same wavelength as me and, and like giving it your all. I'm just like, oh, the money's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of coaching was not my thing really. <laughs> it's tough. Cause it's like constant maintenance. 
everything like you can't i mean some people do just coast and just copy and paste and stuff but sure sure that's like it's a whole lot to do and everything yeah so, but i mean getting back to what you said though um i mean it's just like it seems like just a few years ago there really weren't ever really any there weren't women really competing um you know the way the women's weight classes were you know just a handful of women and that's grown so dramatically over the last few years and like you said i mean i think things continue and i mean you're putting up crazy numbers um you know sam bellevue is putting up crazy numbers and you know a handful of other women um i think that that really draws a lot of attention to the women's weight classes and proving that you know women can be extraordinarily strong too um, and it's going to, you know, just keep attracting more and more women to the, to the sport, more and more fans. Um, so I think, I think it's definitely going in the right direction. And, and again, you know, athletes like yourself are really put it, you know, putting women's, uh, strength athletics in the spotlight. And I think the future is really, really bright in, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I think so too. And also like for people to say that we're just as entertaining to watch as the men, it's like a huge compliment to us because you yeah. hear like women's sports are boring and it's like, no, we're like doing the same events as men. And we're like putting up pound for pound, like what the men would be putting up. And I think that that's pretty freaking cool. I mean, the vast majority of men on this planet cannot clean and press a 320 pound lock. So, um, I mean, that says a lot, right. And, you know, my girlfriend is an example. This, uh, OSG was her first experience with strongman, and, and, um, she was so into the, to the women's, uh, classes. I mean, she's in the stands screaming and going nuts. So, I mean, that's a testament in my opinion to, to how well the women are doing. I mean, the show that they're putting on um, and the feats that they're, you know, that they're performing is like, it's huge. It's very huge. And um, I'm a big fan. I love seeing huge, huge lists by women. Um, and I was just like, I'm, I'm excited to see what you're going to do in 2024. Yeah. I'm excited too. There's some meets that haven't been able to be announced yet, but um, there should be some exciting things going on uh, that, are brand new so pretty excited about that yeah i keep hearing these rumors or like kind of whispers of you know uh something that ha- can't, can't be announced yet so i'm really excited to hear what this is going to be <laughs> <laughs> and i have the biggest mouth so i'm like so <laughs> i know i was like can we just get a preview off air <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm always the guy that's like you know i'll kind of like whisper about stuff but i'm like gotta keep it on the down low like i'm not gonna say this person's name because you know xyz and then everybody's like oh i i know who that is and i'm like oh i guess i guess everybody else has already talked (laughs) that's true it's like little trivia for world's strongest opinions is darren being like i won't mention this name like and just people can guess yeah people just guess well everybody knows because everybody talks in star man like everything anything and everything that goes on everybody already knows (laughs) <laughs> that, that is true that is true we're such a small community smallish community that like things go around so quickly right yeah and i mean That's and good why. things like i mean i yeah. try to ignore like all the the negative drama stuff i don't care i don't have time for it but like good things 
Um, good things are happening, I think, across the board um, from amateur strongman to professional strongman, women's classes. Um, you know, things are growing. We got people like Lynn who are, um, you know, putting up equitable prize pots that are growing year after year. Um, so, I mean, I think the trend, the trend will continue. We've got good people, better and, and even more uh, good people taking places of, um, you know, I, I don't know, for lack of better words, authority, you know, in the sport, um, you know, leadership roles, let's call it that. Um, which is more appropriate, taking leadership roles or, you know, looking at leadership roles that I think are going to really help advance, grow the sport and steer it in the right direction once and for all. So I think the, I think the sport's got a very bright future at this point. And I'm, I'm very happy to finally see things moving in that direction after kind of like, in my opinion, I've been, I've been in the sport for 15 years and I feel like there was a real stagnant decade there right and things are really moving in the right direction and it's it's really really fun to watch and very exciting to see the future yeah 2024 is going to be super exciting yeah i think so too it's true i had one last question for you that's not strongman related what are the top three in flames albums Ooh. we were talking about in flames recently that's a hard one Clayman is number one um horacle's number two that's the one i have tattooed on me and then their self-titled album i think it's their first one uh with uh lunar strain yeah that one's the those are my top three nice i like their old stuff their new stuff's a little too sing-songy for me but um (laughs) i like i do like old in flames that makes sense. I actually enjoyed their new one. The Foregone was pretty decent this year. I haven't so, listened to it yet. It's it's actually has some pretty good bangers on there. So it's a, but it is a different sound though. I feel like a lot more people have gotten into the clean vocals and like a certain like you said sing song kind of like arena music. So I can see that. That was the bonus round though for this interview. <laughs> I just had to ask. I was like because <laughs> when you because I yeah. Because you do King Listener reviews, so you gotta you gotta plug your other podcast here, man. That's true. Where we review metal music. I'm still desperately trying to figure out what my top five albums for this year was and not getting bullied by Luke Davis about my choices. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where like I like I like, you know, I don't always like I like heavy music, but apparently it's not heavy enough for some people. So it's did like, you listen to Event Sevenfold's new album? It was a lot like Daft Punk's. It was very weird. Random access memories. It had some weird like Daft Punk moments. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. said metal music and I was like, mm, let me see what he thinks about the newest event. <laughs> I was like, Cam loves it. So Cameron Peters, my co-host, he's a big fan of that and everything. But it is like, it's still, it had like Avenged Sevenfold will always have a special place in my heart because it's like the time they came up of like, being a teenager with city of evil and stuff that album was just like the music videos were great youtube just taking off i was like so i always have a very special place in my heart and then uh amity affliction of course like i love the new <clears throat> album as far as like good albums of this year foregone way in flames and amity's new album it was pretty great 
and currents death we seek by currents that's like the album i tell everyone they should listen to, yeah, listen to that. oh it's so good but foregone it's it's good I, I like everything in flames does though so i'm kind of just like there for the ride even with a vinch sevenfold so brief brief music <laughs> interlude but can get back to strongman i just had to hear because i was like anytime someone has a band tattoo i have to hear what their exact thoughts are on that and that's nice that it's crazy once you go through their discography and look at albums that are now like 30 years old oh you're yeah like, you're like that's that's crazy like lunar strain that's going to be 30 years old next year next year maybe that's 30 lucky. years old next year <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I'm always surprised when people are younger than me. I was like, Andy and I, whenever people are younger than us, we're like, that's terrible. Whereas like, I need to age gracefully like Darren, who supports <laughs> all of us. <laughs> I don't know if I've aged gracefully at all. <laughs> he turns 45 on Christmas, so. No, Christmas is- Eve, Sunday. Christmas Eve. Okay. Sunday. Yep, on the 24th. So that's exciting. It's like Christmas birthday. I was yeah, like, so this no, is it's not exciting. Answer. It's not exciting. I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter anymore that I'm 45 because nobody can afford the 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 toys I want anyway. But, <laughs> but, but growing up, being like a child, when you're when you're like birthdays the day before Christmas in a poor family, you just get to open a Christmas present one day earlier and get <laughs> and get one fewer Christmas presents than your siblings. <laughs> so now it's not cool. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And then, being... and then my and then my next oldest brother had a birthday in June, and so he would get birthday parties every year because my parents had money, right, for that. But then they were like always short because I had to buy all like three kids presents for Christmas plus birthday. So like I get gypped every year, man. It's terrible. <laughs> okay, I and I've had like that. one birthday party in my like. Feel sorry for me, John. This is what I'm looking for. Sure. Not, really, not really. Really, I don't care. But but uh, I've had like one birthday party in my entire life. That's crazy. Yeah. I, now that now that you describe it like that, <laughs> that, that doesn't sound nearly as fun of a ride. Turning thirty, by the way, was great. Like my life has gotten exponentially better since I turned thirty. So I'm like, I like Good that part. My twenties. Crisis. Yeah, my twenties were <laughs> definitely a bit of a crisis and everything. So it's like, I mean, as someone, anytime people like emo or metal music, I'm like, you understand crisis. Like, yeah. You get like a tumultuous time where it's like you're still figuring yourself out and everything. But 30s have been good. Very, for all our listeners, I would say, since most of our listeners apparently are 25 to 35, I'm like, half I mean, of them are doing real great. The reality is, is that the older you get, the more, I mean, clearly the more experience, life experience you have. And I think the older I get, the less I give a shit about <laughs> things, right? And the more like I'm able to just be like, yeah, you know, life is a roller coaster, man. You need you need to be resilient because um, life life is going to get hard many times. Um, it's not going to stop getting hard. There's good times and there's going to be bad times. Just you need to be resilient. You need to work through things and and just push forward. Cause life is never going to stop being hard for everybody. I think, I don't think it matters what, what, um, I don't know. Um, I think obviously socioeconomic status may play a part in how hard life can be, but it doesn't matter. Like life finds a way to just to like kick you in the dick, man. 
over and over and over again. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Something's gonna happen. So you just gotta, you gotta. I don't know. I hate to say it, you gotta just kind of suck it up and push through. Got to be strong to live life, man. Well, Inez, you're yawning, so um, sorry we're boring you. We have been going like we're we're almost at an hour and ten minutes anyway, and we always we always say we try to keep these at an hour. Um, any any closing thoughts for our listeners, your fans? Um, just looking forward to 2024 and wish me luck uh, for my prep for the Arnold because. It's going well. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do great. We're going to be cheering for you. Um, we do wish you luck. Train hard. Uh, I have no doubt you're going to do really well. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. yeah. So good having you back. Agreed. Like Hopefully it won't be another year. That's <laughs> no, true. We're going <laughs> to have to do, if you'd be down for it, maybe uh, Arnold recap episode with you and Aaron. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Nice little like team team episode. There you go. So nice down. She'll yeah. be down. Thank yeah. you. That would be great. Awesome. All right, Ness. Nice talking to you. Support us on Patreon or Anchor and find us on Instagram or Facebook.